Hi, my name is Donami, and you're listening to Dawn on the Rocks. That really sounded like a Disney Channel intro, so I'm going to work on that for next time. <laughs> uh, if you haven't followed or subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so. If you enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and let me know. This will help other people find my podcast and will let me know that y'all like what I'm putting out here. And on to the episode. This episode is going to be about where I've been. And the reason is because I've been gone for a long time. A lot of you have noticed and a lot of you may be new here. So if you're new here, hi, welcome. And if you've been here since the first episode, thank you. And I'm sorry, (laughs) but hopefully this gives y'all a good reason for why I have been gone. Um, so it's been a while. My last episode went live in April and I'm finally kicking season two off here in December. I took a little break due to being busy with work, but the big reason I've been gone is mostly what this episode is going to be about. So before I get into that, I want to thank everyone who is still here listening. And if you're new here, welcome to Dawn on the Rocks. This podcast is about life, love and liquor. If you guys didn't know. I am about to be very open with you guys. I'm incredibly nervous about this new season and especially this episode, so much so that I spent hours working on it last week and ultimately scratched the entire episode because I felt like I just didn't do it justice. This is mostly because I felt like I just couldn't find the right words to say. So four months ago, I was in an accident that is both comical and traumatic So it's a tricky story for me to tell without dousing it in some intense dark humor. So here is going to be my second attempt at it. So on July 25th, I had my biggest date fail ever, and hopefully I never top it. (laughs) Um, It wasn't a first date, thank God, but it was definitely the last. Once again, thank God. Um, I was hanging out with this guy that I had been seeing for a few months, and We were thinking of something to do that day, and we eventually decided on riding the electric scooters that you see downtown. Well, I had never been on one before, so I was really excited about it, of course. And we ended up on this bridge off of First Avenue because I didn't want my uncoordinated self driving around any cars, you know, safety first. (laughs) Um, So we get to the bridge and decide to race, I guess, kind of a playful thing. And obviously, I knew I'd lose because... First off, homeboy was on his motorcycle and I was on an electric scooter. Um, but it was a fun idea, so we went with it. Once I get or got halfway across the bridge, I decided to slow down and kind of just accept my defeat, which I knew I wasn't going to win anyway. Um, I didn't expect to go fast on the scooter at all because that's just not my thing. Like, I'm usually a cautious person. And whenever I started to stop or slow down um the bridge kind of had a hill going downward downhill situation (laughs) and whenever I um slowed down it started naturally speeding up because of that um so I hit the downslope of the bridge and naturally sped up and I panicked and I hit the brake resulting in me flying off of the scooter not falling but flying yes you heard that right (laughs) I don't remember a whole lot, but I definitely hit my leg extremely hard on the concrete and landed a good bit away from the scooter. I vaguely remember this girl like running up to me with her dog and asking me if I was okay. And I was already drifting off at that point. Whenever I look back, all I can remember is just 
kind of swaying a little bit, trying to lean up off of the ground and seeing this girl kind of run up to me. And it was like kind of spotty vision too. I had, I mean, I hit the ground so hard that I have holes burned into my tennis shoes, literal holes burned into my tennis shoes. Um, but yeah, so keep in mind we were racing. So the guy still hadn't noticed this happening. Um, the lady with her dog was the only person that <laughs> noticed anything going on because we were the only people out there. So he eventually made his way back to me and was like, yo, like, what's up? Come on, get up. You're fine. And I was like, yo, no, I'm not. <laughs> I could tell something was like terribly wrong. And I felt so much fear and panic and also defeat. Like in my mind, I just felt like, wow, I messed up once again. Something else is terribly going wrong in my life and it's because of me and I didn't realize that my leg was broken at that point but the pain was just so incredible that I knew something bad happened um I think I blacked out but it's hard for me to remember which makes me think that I definitely did (laughs) but I eventually made it to the hospital which is where I found out that I definitely did break my leg And before anyone asks, because I've actually already had plenty of people ask, yes, I was sober when this happened. This is just a casual Monday afternoon, okay? I kind of wish that I had alcohol in my system because it wouldn't have hurt as bad, but I can barely remember it anyway, so I guess it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, so as a result, I had a tibial plateau fracture. So basically what that means is the top of my shin bone shattered into a few pieces, Um, I went to the emergency room, then to an ortho surgeon. Then I was referred to an ortho trauma surgeon at UAB because it was such a high impact break. It was a very long week before my first surgery um, because they had my leg kind of wrapped in this weird straight straight brace. And that just (laughs) that was probably the worst decision, I think, Uh, it could have picked but then again I'm not a doctor so maybe it was the best maybe it stopped me from moving it more but it just felt miserable um but yeah I don't really remember much of that first week other than that brace was just pure hell um my friends and my family were taking turns picking me up and carrying me up my stairs and picking my medicine up and I remember lying on my couch alone waiting on my mom to make it to my house because she lives a couple hours away And I was just going in and out of like consciousness because of the pain, which sounds pathetic. Honestly, it kind of was. My mom said that uh, whenever she got here, she was like, whenever she got to the stairs and opened the door, I was just calling like mom (laughs) from my couch. I just couldn't move. I sat there for like or laid there for like two hours, um, not being able to do anything, just waiting on her. (laughs) But she finally was able to make it there, thankfully. And on August 1st, I had my first surgery. I had previously broken my knee on the same leg in 2011. So I had two screws already in there. And then they added a plate and eight more screws. And I stayed in the hospital for two days. Um, Recovery was weird for this first month because, once again, I wasn't very aware of my situation. All I knew was sleep felt impossible and I was missing work and I was in the most pain I'd ever been in in my entire life and it just felt like it was getting worse. I kept having fevers and my incisions weren't closing and I felt miserable and then one day my incision opened back up a couple days after my stitches were removed and bled through my bandages. I literally remember 
hanging out with my friends at the pool. And it was like, I had, I was sitting there on the side, of course, not in the water. And my leg was wrapped and I couldn't, I was in the most uncomfortable position because my leg wouldn't straighten, which was strange because I had been working towards straightening my legs since the first surgery, but it just wouldn't straighten anymore. And so I was kind of worried at that point, but I didn't know what was going on. And I just wondered if I was like tensing up or something. So the next morning I'd stayed the night with my friend. The next morning I started to go up her stairs and she was like, Donnie, uh, there's blood on the stairs. And we looked down and my incision opened back up and my leg was bleeding. Well, I had hematomas on my knees, both knees, because of how high impact the fall was. And so I just expected it to be the hematoma, like bleeding through my incision again, because I had been dealing with that for pretty much the entire month. Um, so whenever I unwrapped it though, to fix it up before I got into into the car, I realized that something was definitely way worse going on. Something worse was going on for sure. And so my friend took a picture of it and sent it to some people and they were like, yeah, Donna, we need to send that to her doctor like ASAP. So I sent it to my doctor. Um, and then they said that I needed to come in the next morning because it was already too late that day. And then I had an emergency surgery the following morning on September 1st. So I contracted MRSA, which is a really hard to deal with yet common staph infection in my leg. I spent five days in the hospital and I was doped up. So I barely remember that, but I'm also very thankful for that because it was really scary to think about post-op and I honestly still struggle with it sometimes because it could have been way worse and I'm so blessed that it isn't, but I couldn't help but continue thinking like, wow, like my life has changed so much, but it could have been changed permanently. You know, I'm dealing with this temporarily and of course there are some things that I'm going to have to deal with forever, but the idea of it being something super permanent like having the infection spread throughout my body or something freaked me out. <laughs> I'm already a hypochondriac, so I did not need to hear all of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I feel so blessed that I was able to be taken care of and that I am doing well and don't have an infection now. But when I was in the hospital, I had 15 visitors. And the reason I know that is because I kept drifting in and out the whole time I was there, the whole five days I was there. So I would type people's names in my phone whenever they'd come in so I could remember who was there. And sometimes I just go back and look at it because I'm like, wow, like people cared about me enough to go out of their way, go up to UAB and visit me and bring me food or bring me books and puzzles and coloring books and things like that. And I have no clue if I used any of it, (laughs) but (laughs) the thought of it meant so much to me. So, yeah. That's the thing I do now. I look back sometimes whenever I'm like having the really, really hard nights. Um, but I was really overwhelmed with the love I was receiving from my friends and my coworkers and my family, not just at the hospital, but after that too. Um, hundreds of people reached out to me, some even daily and week, some daily, some weekly. Um, and it's crazy to think that that many people actually care. <laughs> Um, a number of my friends and family and regulars from work also took care of me over the last few months. Like whenever I say took care of me, I'm talking, washing my hair, sitting with me in the hospital, 
bringing me food, buying me groceries, helping me move my leg, helping me dress it, helping me dress myself, clean my apartment, pray over me, cry with me, and encourage me, which is insane. That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of support. That is a strong support system. And I was not aware that I had that until then. And I just want to thank each and every person who reached out to me on Facebook or texted me or called me or took care of me to know that I have thought of all of you many, many times since my accident. What seemed like a funny story has become one of the most traumatic and trying battles of my life, but I think it came at the perfect time. I know how crazy that sounds, but I'm definitely the type of person who believes that things happen for a reason. And I mean, I totally think God could have sent me an email or something, but maybe, maybe the lessons I need to learn just wouldn't fit in an email. I don't know, but (laughs) I do believe that this came at the right time in my life and that it needed to happen. Some of these things that unfolded after my accident are impacting me in a very positive way now. And some of these things that I'm going through are very difficult and feel like, you know, things aren't going to get better as far as like losing friendships and having stronger friendships and, you know, all these different things like my eating habits. The, the list is insane. You guys, like it is insane. My lifestyle before my accident to now, polar opposites, really. And I just feel like God did this for a reason. But yeah, so where I'm at right now, um, I am using a cane to walk and I used crutches for a month. Then I switched to a walker for two months and finally a cane. And I'm so close to walking completely without the cane, and I'm so damn excited about it. I can go short distances without it, and if I'm going to go in somewhere for like an hour or less, I might go without it, especially if I know I can sit down. But um, yeah, I'm not completely without it yet, but I'm getting there. I went to physical therapy today, and Rita said I'm almost there, so we'll see. <laughs> Um, now I'm going to kind of get a little more personal, um, and tell you guys just where I'm at mentally because of this. So before this accident happened, I was in a place that I visited far too many times, a place that is low and lonely and numb. I didn't know that many people cared about me until this happened. And because of it, when I get to that low place in my mind now, I know that it's only lonely because it's in my head. When I look around or on my phone or at my messages and calls, I'm not alone. I feel like I will always have these doubts, you know, but this experience has given me the opportunity to remember at least one time in my life where people wanted me here and they made sure that I knew it, which is incredible and was very needed at the time. There are so many people that love me, and for that, I am so incredibly grateful. And no, I'm not crying. It's my microphone. Okay, maybe I am. (laughs) Um, If you guys want to hear more about my mental health journey over the last few months or my lifestyle changes, definitely let me know. I know I've touched on it in this episode, but 
my life has changed so much over the last few months and I think I'm getting ready to be more open about it. Like this podcast episode is one of the first times I'm actually explaining exactly what happened without turning it into a joke or just trying to be like, oh yeah, it was just a thing on a scooter and it happened two surgeries later. Boom. I'm fine. Like this is the first time actually detailing what happened and it's been pretty intimidating, like so much so that I recorded an entire episode, like I said, and scratched it. I was like, nope, I don't even want to hear, hear that episode again. Like I'm good. (laughs) Just like this episode, I'm probably not going to listen to it again. I'm just going to post it. So (laughs) if y'all hear me stutter, it's fine. I do it in real life anyway. Y'all can just deal with it. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, I, the, the different things I would, were talk, I was talking about, of course, I'm going to stutter as soon as I said that, (laughs) my fault. Anyway, so some of the mental health things I was talking about and like the lifestyle changes that I could talk about, um, that I'm still navigating right now, um, involves like eating habits, um, working out mental health and other healthy habits and the shifting of my mindset. Okay, now to the next thing, which I have gotten a ton of DMs about over the last few months. Um, So, yes, I do plan on bartending again. It's going to be a long time before I can, but I do plan to. I haven't since July, and it feels unnatural at this point. (laughs) I visited Overtime and the Margaret a few times since July, which are the two bars that I do work at, or I worked at before my accident happened and I love running into my friends and my regulars and my coworkers when I'm out and about and I miss you guys so much. Um, and if you haven't been to those bars, you should check them out. Overtime is near Lake Shore and the Margaret is downtown Birmingham. Um, but yeah, so now that I'm getting along better with my recovery and the podcast is back up and running, I want to talk about what my plans are for the podcast as well. So I have a few guests lined up for the next few months, and I'm so excited about that. Some are musicians, some are service industry, some are friends that I just want to chat with on here. So let me know if you have a request, whether it's a specific person in the area or if it's a specific topic, let me know. I'm still focusing on the life, love, and liquor theme here, so expect to hear more about dating stories and mental health and bartending things on the podcast. And if you have a request or a question you want answered here on the podcast, I would love for you to reach out to me on my Instagram page. That's going to be the easiest way to reach out. So if you look up Dawn on the rocks, spelled D-O-N-N on the rocks on Instagram and DM me or comment on a post, we'll talk about it. Also follow my personal page if you haven't yet. My username is Donami Rose, spelled D-O-N-N-A-M-Y-R-O-S-E on Instagram. And that's also my handle for Snapchat. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Dawn on the Rocks. And I am planning to uh, upload episodes every Thursday at 6 p.m. That's the goal right now. So check in next week at 6 p.m. And I will see you guys here. Bye.